Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible Leviticus 27 The last verse of the foregoing chapter seemed to close up the statute book, yet this chapter is added as an appendix. Having given laws concerning instituted services, here he directs concerning vows and voluntary services, the free will offerings of their mouth. Perhaps some devout serious people among them might be so affected with what Moses had delivered to them in the foregoing chapter as in a pang of zeal to consecrate themselves, or their children, or estates to him, this, because honestly meant, God would accept, but because men are apt to repent of such vows, he leaves room for the redemption of what had been so consecrated, at a certain rate. Here is, 1. The law concerning what was sanctified to God, persons, verses 2-8, cattle, clean or unclean, verses 9-13, houses and lands, verse 15-25, with an exception of firstlings, verses 26 and 27. 2. Concerning what was devoted, verses 28 and 29. 3. Concerning tithes, verse 30, etc. The law concerning vows, 1490 B.C. 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, 2. Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, when a man shall make a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. 3. And thy estimation shall be of the male from twenty years old even unto sixty years old, even thy estimation shall be fifty shekels of silver, after the shekel of the sanctuary. 4. And if it be a female, then thy estimation shall be thirty shekels. 5. And if it be from five years old even unto twenty years old, then thy estimation shall be of the male twenty shekels, and for the female ten shekels. 6. And if it be from a month old even unto five years old, then thy estimation shall be of the male five shekels of silver, and for the female thy estimation shall be three shekels of silver. 7. And if it be from sixty years old and above, if it be a male, then thy estimation shall be fifteen shekels, and for the female ten shekels. 8. But if he be poorer than thy estimation, then he shall present himself before the priest, and the priest shall value him, according to his ability that vowed shall the priest value him. 9. And if it be a beast, whereof men bring an offering unto the Lord, all that any man giveth of such unto the Lord shall be holy. 10. He shall not alter it, nor change it, a good for a bad, or a bad for a good, and if he shall at all change beast for beast, then it and the exchange thereof shall be holy. 11. And if it be any unclean beast, of which they do not offer a sacrifice unto the Lord, then he shall present the beast before the priest. 12. And the priest shall value it, whether it be good or bad as thou valuest it, who art the priest, so shall it be. 13. But if he will at all redeem it, then he shall add a fifth part thereof unto thy estimation. This is part of the law concerning singular vows, extraordinary ones, which though God did not expressly insist on, yet, if they were consistent with and conformable to the general precepts, he would be well pleased with. Note, we should not only ask, what must we do? But, what may we do, for the glory and honor of God? As the liberal devises liberal things, Isaiah 32 verse 8, so the pious devises pious things, and the enlarged heart would willingly do something extraordinary in the service of so good a master as God is. When we receive or expect some singular mercy it is good to honor God with some singular vow. 1. The case is here put of persons vowed to God by a singular vow, verse 2. If a man consecrated himself, or a child, to the service of the tabernacle, to be employed there in some inferior office, as sweeping the floor, carrying out ashes, running of errands, or the like, 
the person so consecrated shall be for the Lord, that is, God will graciously accept the goodwill. Thou didst well that it was in thy heart, 2 Chronicles 6 verse 8. But forasmuch as he had no occasion to use their service about the tabernacle, a whole tribe being appropriated to the use of it, those that were thus vowed were to be redeemed, and the money paid for their redemption was employed for the repair of the sanctuary, or other uses of it, as appears by 2 Kings 12 verse 14, where it is called, in the margin, the money of the souls of his estimation. A book of rates is accordingly provided, by which the priests were to go in their estimation. Here is, 1. The rate of the middle-aged, between twenty and threescore, these were valued highest, because most serviceable, a male fifty shekels, and a female thirty, verses three and four. The females were then less esteemed, but not so in Christ, for in Christ Jesus there is neither male nor female, Galatians 3 verse 28. Note, those that are in the prime of their time must look upon themselves as obliged to do more in the service of God and their generation than can be expected either from minors that have not yet arrived to their usefulness, or from the aged that have survived it. 2. The rate of the youth between five years old and twenty was less, because they were then less capable of doing service, verse 5. 3. Infants under five years old were capable of being vowed to God by their parents, even before they were born, as Samuel was, but not to be presented and redeemed till a month old, that, as one Sabbath passed over them before they were circumcised, so one new moon might pass over them before they were estimated, and their valuation was but small, verse 6. Samuel, who was thus vowed to God, was not redeemed, because he was a Levite, and a particular favorite, and therefore was employed in his childhood in the service of the tabernacle. 4. The aged are valued less than youth, but more than children, verse 7. And the Hebrews observe that the rate of an aged woman is two parts of three to that of an aged man, so that in that age the female came nearest to the value of the male, which occasioned, as Bishop Patrick, Patrick quotes it here, this saying among them, that an old woman in a house is a treasure in a house. Paul sets a great value upon the aged women when he makes them teachers of good things, Titus 2 verse 3. 5. The poor shall be valued according to their ability, verse 8. Something they must pay, that they might learn not to be rash in vowing to God, for he hath no pleasure in fools, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4. Yet not more than their ability, but secundum tenementum according to their possessions, that they might not ruin themselves and their families by their zeal. Note, God expects and requires from men according to what they have, and not according to what they have not, Luke 21 verse 4. 2. The case is put of beasts vowed to God, 1. If it was a clean beast, such as was offered in sacrifice, it must not be redeemed, nor any equivalent given for it, it shall be holy, verses 9 and 10. After it was vowed, it was not to be put to any common use, nor changed upon second thoughts, but it must be either offered upon the altar, or, if through any blemish it was not meet to be offered, he that vowed it should not take advantage of that, but the priests should have it for their own use, for they were God's receivers, or it should be sold for the service of the sanctuary. This teaches caution in making vows and constancy in keeping them when they are made, for it is a snare to a man to devour that which is holy, and after vows to make inquiry, Proverbs 20 verse 25. And to this that rule of charity seems to allude, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. 2. If it was an unclean beast, it should go to the use of the priest at such a value, but he that vowed it, 
upon paying that value in money, and adding a fifth part more to it, might redeem it if he pleased, verses 11 and 13. It was fit that men should smart for their inconstancy. God has let us know his mind concerning his service, and he is not pleased if we do not know our own. God expects that those that deal with him should be at a point, and weigh what they will stand to. Concerning things sanctified, 1490 B.C. 14 And when a man shall sanctify his house to be holy unto the Lord, then the priest shall estimate it, whether it be good or bad, as the priest shall estimate it, so shall it stand. 15 And if he that sanctified it will redeem his house, then he shall have the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be his. 16 And if a man shall sanctify unto the Lord some part of a field of his possession, then thy estimation shall be according to the seed thereof, and homer of barley seed shall be valued at fifty shekels of silver. 17 If he sanctify his field from the year of jubilee, according to thy estimation it shall stand. 18 But if he sanctify his field after the jubilee, then the priest shall reckon unto him the money according to the years that remain, even unto the year of the jubilee, and it shall be abetted from thy estimation. 19 And if he that sanctified the field will in any wise redeem it, then he shall have the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be assured to him. 20 And if he will not redeem the field, or if he have sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed any more. 21 But the field, when it goeth out in the jubilee, shall be holy unto the Lord, as a field devoted, the possession thereof shall be the priests. 22 And if a man sanctify unto the Lord a field which he hath bought, which is not of the fields of his possession, 23 Then the priest shall reckon unto him the worth of thy estimation, even unto the year of the jubilee, and he shall give thine estimation in that day, day, as a holy thing unto the Lord. 24 In the year of the jubilee the field shall return unto him of whom it was bought, even to him to whom the possession of the land did belong. 25 And all thy estimations shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary, twenty giras shall be the shekel. Here is the law concerning real estates dedicated to the service of God by a singular vow. 1. Suppose a man, in his zeal for the honor of God, should sanctify his house to God, verse 14, the house must be valued by the priest, and the money got by the sale of it was to be converted to the use of the sanctuary, which by degrees came to be greatly enriched with dedicated things, 1 Kings 15 verse 15. But, if the owner be inclined to redeem it himself, he must not have it so cheap as another, but must add a fifth part to the price, for he should have considered before he had vowed it, verse 15. To him that was necessitous God would abate the estimation, verse 8, but to him that was fickle and humorsome, and whose second thoughts incline more to the world and his secular interest than his first, God would ri rise in the price. Blessed be God, there is a way of sanctifying our houses to be holy unto the Lord, without either selling them or buying them. If we in our houses serve the Lord, if religion rule in them, and we put away iniquity far from them, and have a church in our house, holiness to the Lord is written upon it, it is his, and he will dwell with us in it. 2. Suppose a man should sanctify some part of his land to the Lord, giving it to pious uses, then a difference must be made between land that came to the donor by descent and that which came by purchase, and accordingly the case altered. 1. If it was the inheritance of his fathers, here called the field of his possession, which pertained to his family from the first division of Canaan, he might not give it all, no, not to the sanctuary, God would not admit such a degree of zeal as ruined a man's family. But he might sanctify or dedicate only some part of it, verse 16. 
and in that case, one. The land was to be valued, as our countrymen commonly compute land, by so many measures sowing of barley. So much land as would take a homer, or chomer, of barley, which contained ten ephahs, Ezekiel 45 verse 11, not, as some have here mistaken it, an omer, which was but a tenth part of an ephah, Exodus 16 verse 36, was valued at fifty shekels, a moderate price, verse 16, and that if it were sanctified immediately from the year of Jubilee, verse 17. But, if some years after, there was to be a discount accordingly, even of that price, verse 18. And 2. When the value was fixed, the donor might, if he pleased, redeem it for sixty shekels the homer's sowing, which was, which was with the addition of a fifth part, the money then went to the sanctuary, and the land reverted to him that had sanctified it, verse 19. But if he would not redeem it, and the priest sold it to another, then at the year of jubilee, beyond which the sale could not go, the land came to the priests, and was theirs forever, verses 20 and 21. Note, what is given to the Lord ought not to be given with a power of revocation, what is devoted to the Lord must be his forever, by a perpetual covenant. 2. If the land was his own purchase, and came not to him from his ancestors, then not the land itself, but the value of it was to be given to the priests for pious uses, verses 22 and 24. It was supposed that those who, by the blessing of God, had grown so rich as to become purchasers would think themselves obliged in gratitude to sanctify some part of their purchase, at least, and here they are not limited, but they might, if they pleased, sanctify the whole, to the service of God. For we ought to give as God prospers us, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2. Purchasers are in a special manner bound to be charitable. Now, forasmuch as purchased lands were by a former law to return at the year of jubilee to the family from which they were purchased, God would not have that law and the intentions of it defeated by making the lands korban, a gift, Mark 7 verse 11. But it was to be computed how much the land was worth for so many years as were from the vow to the jubilee, for only so long it was his own, and God hates robbery for burnt offerings. We can never acceptably serve God with that of which we have wronged our neighbor. And so much money he was to give, give for the present, and keep the land in his own hands till the year of jubilee, when it was to return free of all encumbrances, even that of its being dedicated to him of whom it was bought. The value of the shekel by which all these estimations were to be made is here ascertained, verse 25, it shall be twenty giras, and every gira was sixteen barleycorns. This was fixed before, Exodus 30 verse 13, and, whereas there had been some alterations, it is again fixed in the laws of Ezekiel's visionary temple, Ezekiel 45 verse 12, to denote that the gospel should reduce things to their ancient standard. 26 Only the firstling of the beasts, which should be the Lord's firstling, no man shall sanctify it, whether it be ox or sheep, it is the Lord's. 27 And if it be of an unclean beast, then he shall redeem it according to thine estimation, and shall add a fifth part of it thereto, or if it be not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to thy estimation. 28 Notwithstanding no devoted thing, that a man shall devote unto the Lord of all that he hath, both of man and beast, and of the field of his possession, shall be sold or redeemed, every devoted thing is most holy unto the Lord. 29 None devoted, which shall be devoted of men, shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. 30 In all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, it is holy unto the Lord. 31 And if a man will at all redeem out of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. 
32 And concerning the tithe of the herd, or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. 33 He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it, and if he change it at all, then both it, and the change thereof shall be holy, it shall not be redeemed. 34 These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. Here is, 1. A caution given that no man should make such a jest of sanctifying things to the Lord as to sanctify any firstling to him, for that was, for that was his already by the law, verse 26. Though the matter of a general vow be that which we were before obliged to, as of our sacramental covenant, yet a singular vow should be of that which we were not, in such circumstances, and proportions, antecedently bound to. The law concerning the firstlings of unclean beasts, verse 27, is the same with that before, verses 11 and 12. 2. Things or persons devoted are here distinguished from things or persons that were only sanctified. 1. Devoted things were most holy to the Lord, and could neither revert nor be alienated, verse 28. They were of the same nature with those sacrifices which were called most holy, which none might touch, but only the priests themselves. The difference between these and other sanctified things arose from the different expression of the vow. If a man dedicated anything to God, binding himself with a solemn curse never to alienate it to any other purpose, then it was a thing devoted. 2. Devoted persons were to be put to death, verse 29. Not that it was in the power of any parent or master thus to devote a child or a servant to death, but it must be meant of the public enemies, enemies of Israel who, either by the appointment of God or by the sentence of the congregation, were devoted, as the seven nations with which they must make no league. The city of Jericho in particular was thus devoted, Joshua 6 verse 17. The inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead were put to death for violating the curse pronounced upon those who came not up to Mizpeh, Judges 21 verses 9 and 10. Some think it was for want of being rightly informed of the true intent and meaning of this law that Jephthah sacrificed his daughter as one devoted, who might not be redeemed. 3. A law concerning tithes, which were paid for the service of God before the law, as appears by Abraham's payment of them, Genesis 14 verse 20, and Jacob's promise of them, Genesis 28 verse 22. It is here appointed, 1. That they should pay tithe of all their increase, their corn, trees, and cattle, verses 30 and 32. Whatsoever productions they had the benefit of God must be honored with the tithe of, if it were tithable. Thus they acknowledged God to be the owner of their land, the giver of its fruits, and themselves to be his tenants, and dependents upon him. Thus they gave him thanks for the plenty they enjoyed, and supplicated his favor in the continuance of it. And we are taught in general to honor the Lord with our substance, Proverbs 3 verse 9, and in particular to support and maintain his ministers, and to be ready to communicate to them, Galatians 6 verse 6, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 11. And how this may be done in a fitter and more equal proportion than that of the tenth, which God himself appointed of old, I cannot see. 2. That which was once marked, marked for tithe should not be altered, no, not for a better, verse 33, for providence directed the rod that marked it. God would accept it though it were not the best, and they must not grudge it though it were, for it was what passed under the rod. 3. That it should not be redeemed, unless the owner would give a fifth part more for its ransom, verse 31. If men had the curiosity to prefer what was marked for tithe, before any other part of their increase, 
it was fit that they should pay for their curiosity. For, the last verse seems to have reference to this whole book of which it is the conclusion, these are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses, for the children of Israel. Many of these commandments are moral and of perpetual obligation, others of them, which were ceremonial and peculiar to the Jewish economy, have notwithstanding a spiritual significancy, and are instructive to us who are furnished with a key to let us into the mysteries contained in them, for unto us, by those institutions, is the gospel preached as well as unto them, Hebrews 4 verse 2. Upon the whole matter, we may see cause to bless God that we have not come to Mount Sinai, Hebrews 12 verse 18. 1. That we are not under the dark shadows of the law, but enjoy the clear light of the gospel, which shows us Christ the end of the law for righteousness, Romans 10 verse 4. The doctrine of our reconciliation to God by a mediator is not clouded with the smoke of burning sacrifices, but cleared by the knowledge of Christ and Him crucified. 2. That we are not under the heavy yoke of the law, and the carnal ordinances of it, as the Apostle calls them, Hebrews 9 verse 10, imposed till the time of Reformation, a yoke which neither they nor their fathers were able to bear, Acts 15 verse 10, but under the sweet and easy institutions of the gospel, which pronounces those the true worshippers that worship the Father in spirit and truth, by Christ only, and in His name, who is our priest, temple, altar, sacrifice, purification, and all. Let us not therefore think that because we are not tied to the ceremonial cleansings, feasts, and oblations, a little care, time, and expense, will serve to honor God with. No, but rather have our hearts more enlarged with free will offerings to His praise, more inflamed with holy love and joy, and more engaged in seriousness of thought and sincerity of intention. Having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, worshipping God with so much the more cheerfulness and humble confidence, still saying, Blessed be God for Jesus Christ.